Dear listeners, although we normally don't do trigger or content warnings on this podcast, considering the transgressive and taboo nature of its subject matter, uh, Kate and I felt it necessary to do a content warning for this episode on the film Raw, uh, due to the fact that we have a lengthy discussion about the uh, rape and otherwise sexual assault of both people and animals, as well as the homophobic uh, violence and myths around the origins of um of hiv aids uh, there are also some lengthy discussions about eating disorders in this episode so if that is something that you won't be able to listen to this might not be the episode for you otherwise enjoy i've got something substance we receive oh do you want me to do the intro sure yeah my blood so sugar's back up take. all right <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine all a podcaster i get it yeah all, all right um okay welcome to tender subject the only podcast that wants to eat your fingers yeah. hello <laughs> 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 uh Hi, I'm Kate. My pronouns are uh, she, her, they, them, and I'm an artist, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jay. Hello, I'm Jay. I use uh, he, him pronouns, and I am a music librarian, and today is very exciting because we have another guest. Guest, please introduce yourself. Hello, uh, my name is Jake Flores. I use he, him pronouns, and I would like to point out that I'm wearing the shirt, a shirt with the the meme of the skeleton guy holding the two pistols that says trans rights. Just wanted Hell to- Hell yeah. Happy I'm Pride. I'm wearing my This is the Age of Sin shirt. I have my uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer in uh, like the Slayer metal band font shirt on. So. Good shirts all around. Yeah. I'm trans, Ooh. so you have to worship me. That's the Fair rules. enough. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay uh, with I'm that. I'm the captain now. I am the captain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are talking about uh, this. Do we film. want to do plugs for Jake? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He's just here. He's just Yeah, a do plugs up front. Yeah. Uh, Who the hell are you? Blog white things. I'm a stand up comedian. My at is Feral Jokes on all social media. I'm very annoying on Twitter. And I have a podcast called Pod Damn America that's one of the uh, various Brooklyn leftist comedian podcasts. I also have another one called Why You Mad that is kind of on hiatus right now, but check it out anyway. Sad. Sad. <laughs> Both very good podcasts. Yeah, listen to all them. the the back catalog. There's a lot for Pod Damn America. <laughs> There's so much. Yeah. Yeah. And why you mad? Um so I think well, I don't know if I picked this film, but um it's like everyone this film, in the world, yeah, as soon as they picked... found out we were doing a cannibalism podcast, we're like, Yeah, you wrong? and it's like yeah. now I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's like, no, right. I don't want to do the popular thing. But yes, we're finally doing raw. <laughs> finally. <laughs> On our fifth episode, finally. Fourth, I think. Or fourth, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so we're doing the film Raw by uh, Julia DeCorneau. Um, it's her first feature film. And it's from... 2016. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was at Cannes, I believe. Oh, yeah, it, and people passed out. Oh, yeah. Allegedly <laughs> passed out. 
I mean, I was high and had too many black bean burritos last night when I was watching this, and I almost threw up and passed out. So. Yeah, <laughs> Relatable. I feel like the black bean burrito is not a great uh I am addition. also vegetarian, so this movie is very fun. Yeah, I want to talk. I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that because I am not a vegetarian. Um, this keeps coming up in our episodes. I know. Well, cannibalism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fair. You're a vegetarian. I'm a cannibal. We have a podcast. It's fine. <laughs> um so yeah this this movie is uh considered part of the new french extremity um genre which is which like also is martyrs and in my skin it's like these extremely violent but also kind a of fucked up french lady made it then it's new <laughs> french extremity or a french man yeah yeah like martyrs was french a guy. Ladies. yeah yeah and then it's also part of the like feminist new wave mm-hmm. of cinema which i'll talk about more um because i got super nerdy and i have so many fucking notes oh yeah me too <laughs> um so this is my second time watching this movie mine too sweet yeah. jake what about you uh, this is my first time watching this film, but I enjoyed it. Um, the it was very French. <laughs> uh, what did so you know French. about it going in? Did you besides that it was a cannibal movie? That's it. I just went in completely in the dark, and I was not surprised by anything, considering uh, who asked me to watch the movie. <laughs> the podcast is about and everything. <laughs> yeah, this is like a mo- like this movie is like me all over this is a a, a full sickos mode yeah yeah it's so good (laughs) and there's so much to talk about i feel like you can go in like there you can talk about like the vegetarian lens there's like an anti-capitalist lens there's like what i want to talk about a lot is like um the abject and like the monstrous feminine um but yeah there's like so much um and it is very french so it's like there's a lot of um like metaphorical and also like an ending that's amazing and like leaves you you with like a million more questions (laughs) it's so good yeah um yeah so we're gonna do like all spoilers all the time so if you haven't watched this movie and you care about spoilers uh stop listening and go watch the movie and come back yeah I guess to start off, I think of a formal element I'm really interested in maybe people's reactions was the title. Because in English, it's raw. But of course, this is not an English language film. This is a French film. And the French title, like the actual title of the film, is not the French word for raw. It's grave, which looks like grave in English. Um, But it means like serious or sad or bad or low or deep or severe, or like a bunch of other different <laughs> things. Like there's not a one-to-one translation, like how the word grave in English, I mean, there's like graves, but then like a grave situation, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know what people think, uh, have opinions about like the title, both like the French title, and then maybe how it was translated or not um, into English. I thought it would be funny if I showed up and I had watched um, like, monday night raw yeah <laughs> instead. 
or Eddie Murphy raw. Yes. Uh, or there's like a million. I would have went. I would have went with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I just pretend like, oh yeah, part where they're wearing the red leather outfit is also very, you know, but I, I had clearly not seen the film or a sign. Um, but no, I. <laughs> kidding i watched the right one um that's really interesting i hadn't thought about that though since it is like a french film clearly it wasn't called that so there's a bit of like localization with them putting that in the in the text on screen and stuff like that that kind of makes more sense um i don't know it's it's more thematic i guess the idea of like gravity yeah there's like this like sinking that happens and like in music Grave is often used as like a tempo marker or just like will be the title of a movement and that means it's slower or like solemn that's Um, cool because mm -hmm. a lot of the music in other than like the party scenes the music is like very french rap baroque (laughs) yeah oh my god and like windy carlos ass like electronic harpsichords and shit yeah yeah yes like it's so good it's so good it's like very um (laughs) it feels like going to church in the 70s or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe it has something to do with with that. And I mean, I like the name Raw and I like that it, um, the way the movie opens, you know, is that like long shot of a car crashing on a like tree line street and some, you know, someone gets up and like walks towards the car and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then it just like stops and goes to this like full screen of the word raw which in english also has multiple meanings there's like raw meat obviously which is what is probably the first connotation for this film also like i don't know to like to be raw yeah i mean like she's like flayed yeah physically like literally and metaphorically in this yeah i mean justine like molts basically that scene is so (laughs) it's so gross like yeah (laughs) So I guess like just a tiny little like synopsis of the film is that um, Justine is like starting veterinary school um, at like, it's so funny, all the like um, reviews say a prestigious veterinary school. And I'm like, I guess (laughs) it doesn't seem like one, but whatever. Apparently vet school is harder to get into than med school. Amazing. Well, it doesn't seem like you got to like fist horses. So, you know, (laughs) Um, but so yeah, she's starting veterinary school um, at the same school that her older sister is in her second year. And then both of her parents went there and like met there. Um, And she's a strict vegetarian like her family and is also like her parents are extremely um, protective of her. Like, you know, in the first scene where they're dropping her off. It's weird. They're very protective of her, but then they just like drop her off in the parking lot and are just like, bye. <laughs> but um, when she she accidentally eats a piece of meat um, or it, at least just has it in her mouth and she like drops it out of her mouth like a child, like she can't even explain what happened. And then her mom is so upset by it. Which at first you don't really understand. And then you kind of get the point of why she shouldn't be eating any meat. Um, But yeah, so Justine is like extremely quiet, extremely awkward, um, clearly like wants to be a good student and seems to have like no sense of what is in store for her at this school. Yeah. 
and then and like, there's oh, sorry, and then there's no no and then there's like this incredibly like horrible torture hazing that happens to her yeah it's very um obviously it's like what they do is they like um they drop they don't ever say if it's actual blood or if it's just paint i think it's, it's- yeah, I, they, I like they to drop believe it's blood. Blood onto all of the students, and it's you know exactly like at a carry, right? Yeah, like this yeah, is yeah. situating itself in the lineage of carry. Yeah, um, immediately there, which like you know carry's great. Um, and then they have to like eat, um, like out of like a creepy vet jar, like a rabbit kidney yeah. or something. So yeah, like a pickled rabbit kidney. Oh, so <laughs> formaldehyde or something is so gross. Um, and she doesn't want to do it, and then her sister like very incestily like you know forces her to um and then she like starts molting basically like she yeah. has this weird rash and as a vegetarian i will say that if you have not eaten meat in a long time and then you eat meat because i've accidentally done it before you do get sick you turn into a cannibal right away yes i did turn into a cannibal <laughs> that's um, why some people are vegetarians because they can't handle it <laughs> yeah uh, but no like i would have like you know an upset stomach if i accidentally like ate meat um like right now like in any sort of serious way just because i haven't digested it in such a long time yeah do either of you have any experience with hazing (laughs) no not really Uh, um like not in the big ritual like college sense yeah being used in this film but like it kind of made me think about a few things that have happened in my life. Like I, when I first moved to New York, I was working at a restaurant and uh, some of the other people I worked with were just really rude to me. And were just like in like yeah. a, in a way, like in a work way where I was like, this is like not functioning well. Like you can't just throw me every you know ticket or whatever. And I remember I was talking to one of the managers about it one day and he went oh they're just hazing you and i was like what the fuck i'm like you know 28 at this point (laughs) in my life and uh this is like a workplace like not a stupid children's camp or whatever but i I remember thinking like wow that's that's really incredible that that cultural thing somehow permeates outside of colleges and stuff and like when i was watching the movie i still i remember being just so viscerally disgusted by that like i it made me remember being in college and hearing about kids that like joined frats and yeah back then i was like that's stupid like you're gonna go get, get bullied on purpose by some guy named daniel or whatever like, <laughs> well at a lot of colleges in the united states they have like really strict like anti-hazing policies because yeah. of like how people have gotten hurt or like died or died in yeah. hazing before i went to a like you know, typical liberal arts school that's like, we're above that. We don't haze. But like, you know, there's like small hazing that gets involved. Like, I, you know, when you're a teenager, like trying to become part of any social group involves some level of hazing. I mean, I think just being a teenager is Is hazing. (laughs) Like, hazing you, baby. Yeah, I just felt like constant, um, I was like a super anxious teen and like felt that every day in high school, like just do not perceive me. I don't want to be perceived. So I kind of understand like Justine shows up and she's kind of just like, no one will notice me and I'm fine with that. And then like gets put in immediately. Like she goes to sleep and is like woken up by like, I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, 
all the men in masks like run into her room and I thought it, like the movie was taking a very different turn. <laughs> but it's ju- it was just like, you know, it's like the casual like torture of being a teenager and trying to fit into like a social group. Yeah, I, I can't relate that much on a personal level. I mean, there is just this general level of like weird violence and bullying and stuff that kind of exists in a lot of like subcultures, like uh, like comedy kind of a little bit. That yeah, I touched on a little bit, but I'm personally the type of person where like if at any point in my life somebody was like, "I'm going to haze you," I'd be like, "I'm going to kill you," and then they just stop. <laughs> but but That's I do good. think. It works thematically in this movie for what they're trying to say about like adolescence and stuff like that. It does like present a really interesting setting for uh, for this person to be sort of like, you know, stripped to the bone and mm-hmm. then, like forced to change in ways that uh, wouldn't happen if they had remained coddled, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like I was reading that both like part of the major direction that the director gave to um, the actress who plays Justine was about her posture. Oh, yeah. Like, me, I read the, that, too. Yeah. Like how she postures and holds her body and embodies, you know, this person at the beginning of the film versus by the time we get to the end and like how big of a difference there is just in just like how she holds herself. Um, I mean, you, you can especially see it in that scene where she's like at the party with like her like leg. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> stuff like because I um, this time around I was like watching it through like a like a, a transmasculine lens. Um, actually, just because of all the gender weirdness that's in this, like if a lot of people talk about the the queerness that is in this film and Justine as a potential queer character, um, but I only I never like see it like talking about like her masculinity trait like stuff at all um which you know we can get into later um (laughs) but uh oh shit where's i going with that uh yeah like just like her posture is like so like masculine and like dominating um there and the other um thing that the director said was that she does not think this is a horror movie Oh, yeah, I saw that. She said yeah. that she thinks it's like a coming of age teenage coming film, of age movie, but also a body horror movie. And it's which like, is well, that's also horror. Um, I mean, I understand like not wanting to get um, like limited by genre, but yeah. I do feel like that is like a very typical like art film response where you're like, this isn't a genre film. I kind of understand on some level what you say about not being like a classic horror movie. Yeah. It's not like a scary and full and jump scares and there's not like a dread there's, but body like body horror, even though it has the word horror in it, you could use that to describe a style more than like a genre to some degree. But like, I, I, I don't know who cares, I guess. Yeah. yeah. This, this, also, I, like, I feel like we should probably throw this out there, uh, maybe before we get too far away from the formalism zone. But like, the thing that <laughs> we are not horror vanguard. We yeah, promise. Oh my god, I've been listening to so much of them. I just did that. Jesus, <laughs> you just it was part of every podcast. 
I was reading the notes and it says formal elements and I literally I did a formal just went to formalism zone. Uh, I mean, I am recording with them this weekend, but <laughs> I mean, they're fucking great. Um, yeah, shout but, out. But uh, I couldn't stop thinking about the movie Bones and All because it's just I love Bones and All so much. Really so similar. Good. Bones and All came out like last year, so clearly uh, that film either was inspired by this coming before it. It's a young adult novel, actually. Yeah. Or oh yeah, shit. Yeah. So okay, so maybe if it wasn't inspired directly, maybe if the timeline doesn't work there. You know, maybe there's just like something going on where these young adult cannibal stories are are bubbling to the top of culture for whatever reason. Maybe cannibalism is a really good metaphor for that. And it's, it's I think it is. Yeah, because I think it's like sort of like the body in in like revolt, you know, and like um, another thing that I guess um, De Corneau talked about. I have a quote from her where she. She says, um, monstrosity for me is always a positive because it's about debunking all of the normative and the normatives in social life. So like that is a I think that's a, a like clear path as a teenager, you know, to like try and fight like what your family stood for, you know, and like set out on your own. And like one of the interesting things about this movie is how much she can actually do that, you know, because like she does belong to this like family of I I'm assuming like the female, um, you know, that like all the women in the family become cannibals and um, like maybe it like adolescence or I don't know if it starts like they've got the bones and all disease. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you hit puberty, which is another, like, I feel like another um, trope in body horror, you know, that like puberty is like sort of the beginning of like monstrosity for a lot of people and like a lot of shame and embarrassment. Especially with like menstruation, like that's like blood yeah. leaving your body that you have to deal with all the time. Yeah, right. Because there's a lot of movies where the a metaphor for male puberty is uh, overlaid in some sort of thematic horror thing, um, and they're great films. But uh, there aren't as many where, where we deal with like womanhood. And uh, w- one of them that I also thought about when I was watching this was Ginger Snaps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It works really well, and I. Uh, you know, it's funny the thing about like how we eventually, big spoiler alert, like discover that there is like this cannibal gene possibly that's you know uh, being passed down through this family, and it seems to be at least just above the three women that we know about in the immediate family. It's it's only the women that have it. Um, there's a very funny line that, in retrospect, kind of foreshadowed that where the father at one point is dealing with his like two daughters, and he's like. <laughs> Don't ever, I can't remember who he says it to, but he's like, don't ever have like girls. Don't ever have daughters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're too difficult. Yeah, they're yeah. too difficult. Just they're like, just little cannibals, you know? Right. Like, yeah. All women are cannibals or whatever, you know? Like I mean, in his mind, he doesn't know any difference. So he's just like, every lady turns into a cannibal at a certain period of time. And then she's going to bite your That special time in a woman's life. Yeah. And then she's going to bite your lip off. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing that, like, I don't know. I didn't notice his lip. I did. 
at all until the yeah. end. I thought it was just like part of his face. Didn't I realize. Didn't notice either <laughs> until right at the end. And then at the yeah. end. Oh, why did I put this together the whole time? Yeah, because those ladies love biting lips off. <laughs> it's the most romantic monologue that's it ever is been pretty put on romantic. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's another part of. Um, I think we talk about this on like Buff on Fangs for the Memories a lot because it's like another teen um, genre. You know that like teenagers are extremely overwrought. Um, you know, everything's like extremely over romanticized um, and overly dramatic. And like, what's more dramatic and romantic than like wanting to c- consume another person and like biting their lips off? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about like in the hazing, just the like kind of um, the theme of like them being completely dehumanized and like, yes. obviously they're being treated sort of like cattle as they're like corralled around. And that is they, the creepiest scene in the movie. It is when they're the all way. kind of like falling off the, like the edge of the elevator shaft, I guess. And then they're crawling through this corridor and like, no, you know, it's completely staged. It looks, you know, it doesn't look like, what kids would look like if they were crawling it's it almost looks like a dance but um it's super rich ritualistic lighting as like those beautiful shots of like the horse galloping on the treadmill yeah and like there's a lot to say and i feel like maybe jay you can talk about this more because you're a vegetarian but like there's a lot this movie is saying about dehumanizing yes and also like what they're all there to do because none of uh, most people there don't seem to have like a lot of empathy towards the animals that they're like and she even points that out justine is like aren't aren't we here to be vets like like there's this scene and there's like a article i found um that is about this film and the neon demon which is another film i really love actually that's got some like lesbian cannibals happening in it and modeling <laughs> and keanu reeves is there i think at one point oh uh, shit great film yeah no i love it um a very underrated film uh, a lot of people hated it but i think everyone should watch it it's great um but like it um in this article it talks about how during there's like a scene where they're um, at lunch and um there's one of the students is talking about how, like the theory that aids started because a guy fucked a monkey Right, which with the only explicitly queer character, that was in, an extremely uncomfortable scene. Yeah, with the like, like because like Justine's roommate is this gay man named uh, Adrian who is ex- incredibly hot. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I was like, get it, girl. I don't blame you. Um, and like this guy's just like talking about like yeah, like fucking monkeys, and like it's incredibly homophobic one. Um, but then it like gets to the like idea of like do monkeys understand what it is to be raped basically like to have sex forced upon them um and justine is like yes because they're like people they're uh, creatures they can like recognize themselves in the mirror we're going full lacan mode over here like they have the mirror stage and everything um they are self-aware and adrian is like well 
you know, a monkey's not going to have to go to therapy and get anorexic because of someone raping them. And what a crazy thing to say. <laughs> I know. But what this article points out is like, um, Justine is the only person in this conversation to bring gender into it. The other people do not mention the genders of any hmm. person or monkey in this scenario. Any person or monkey. <laughs> or monkey. <laughs> um, but it's Justine um, that brings in the suffering of women in particular and is very cold and detached um, about it, especially when a wo- another woman like overhears. It's like, so you're saying like monkey, woman, same thing, same difference. And Justine's like, yes. Um, like she is the only, she's the person to bring gender into, into the scenario. Mm. And so this conversation about dehumanization and empathy and compassion, um, she's the one who both like brings in, we're talking about women here, but also does it in such a detached human, uh, it like dehumanizing, um, way, like, she, the article says Justine's remark, however, implies a coldness directed specifically toward her own gender, um, where she's the only one here who seems to care about the animals in any outwardly explicit way. But when it comes to human beings, mm. she's kind of like, what's the difference between human meat and meat meat, right? Once you've eaten one, it's all the same. And as a vegetarian, and I used to be... Um, vegan but inflation uh happened and (laughs) it got a little too expensive for me to be more strictly vegan um and like i'm also buddhist um and so it's like to me it's like a monkey is a sentient being and you shouldn't you know cause harm in any way to a sentient being right but what is harm you know i'm hurting bacteria by being alive right i've probably stepped on a worm yesterday yeah. Or something right like we we cause harm to other beings by existing what matters is what we do about it and so this discussion of like dehumanization and like being at vet school and cannibalism is really complicated to me actually um because I, there is a difference between a human being and a monkey right are like systems of oppression and power uh are not the same as what animals have developed but that doesn't mean that we should therefore and this is me not being like, you should be vegetarian. Bleh. But in the context <laughs> of the film, like um, I do kind of see her point, but not the way she's making it right. Like she is wrong that those are the same thing in this context. Um, but instead of like the way she says it is so dehumanizing where instead you could be making this point about respecting autonomy and like total liberation, mm-hmm. right? Like the anarchist total liberation mindset. Yeah. You could go at it from that perspective and view the treatment of animals and the treatment of human beings as linked in like, you know, anti-capitalist. Right. Frameworks. But she's not like, but she's not doing that. At yeah. All. Because she's not like a fully formed. She's like a little egg right now. You know, she's a little like, lamb. In yeah. Her little she lamb is a little skin, lamb. Lamb will, lambs will coat to go into the slaughter. Right. Yeah. Like she mm-hmm. doesn't have, I think she has a lot of clunky thoughts about um, what she's there to do and like why she's there. And I'm sure some of it is just like, this is what my parents did. Yeah. So I'm going to do it too. Like um, she's not thinking about why she's a vegetarian. Yeah. She didn't make that choice. Yeah. Or even if something I've been thinking about uh, 
going back over the entire events of the story half, mm-hmm. after having had the reveal at the end is uh, kind of that the fact that she was raised as a vegetarian and probably t- it seems to be that she was told yes. that it was for ethical reasons or moral reasons, but that was a, like a trick, right? Like that scene in the beginning when uh, one of her parents chews out the restaurant and is like that vegetarian, you know, like you, it <laughs> seems like we're getting, we're getting those people like, Oh man, they're really uptight. They're really yes. they're these big socially minded people or whatever. And for her to, be under the impression that that's who she is as a lie is a really interesting uh, starting point for her to be thrown into this. And I think to your point, Jay, about uh, that scene with the the discussion around the origin of AIDS and stuff like that, um, I think it's really clever uh, bit mm-hmm. of storytelling because it's um, it it does it's real subtle, but it seems like she's asking us to elevate our empathy and what we think of animals but mm-hmm. in reality and i think she probably doesn't even realize this as a character she's actually revealing that it's, she's not that she has a high empathy for animals it's that she has a low empathy for humans yeah yeah like, by nature yeah. of equating the two and f- like feeling like she is a person that she isn't she feels like a more socially minded person like she's trying to she's she does a freudian thing she's, like, she's trying to argue something out and going look you know no they're just like us and then people go, what do you mean by that? And then she says something kind of disturbing, which is, they're just like us. We're just me. You know? Yeah, we're all crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's why it's like, a, you know, it's it's a coming of age story. So it's, it's self-discovery. It's her kind of starting there. And then you see her just unravel that throughout the film. And go like, wait, what do I mean? You know, what is my relationship with flesh? Yeah, you know, absolutely. And that's something I think we should all ask. What is my relationship? Exactly. Yeah. I ask myself <laughs> that every morning when I wake up. Yeah. <laughs> um, not even kidding. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. There are a couple of like, since we've talked about Freud and Lacan so far, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there are a couple of things that um, came up for me in um in this movie um i'm a big fan of uh julia kristeva um who i feel like she's a she's a psychoanalyst and like um wrote a lot about she's like a Mm post-structuralist um wrote a lot about like uh literature poetry um but like in a you know psychoanalytic way um and her a lot of what she talks about is like the concept of the abject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, so like, this is a big like art school thing. I feel like everybody talks about the abject in art school. Um, and so like the, the abject refers to um, a human reaction to a threatened breakdown in meaning um, caused by a loss of distinction between subject and object or between self and other. Um, And one of the things that like people always talk about in the abject is like, obviously there are big things like corpses, you know, like seeing a corpse at a funeral is abjection, you know, that like you're having this moment of breakdown between like, that's a person, but they're dead, but they're here and like they have makeup on. Um, But then there's also these like small moments of, abject where like um a lot of people use this example like 
uh, the skin that forms on like the surface of milk if it's been left out for a really long time. Ugh. Is the word moist in there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like <sighs> any kind of like fluid is generally abject too because it is like breaking. This could also get into like some Dilla's shit, but like breaking the bed. Dilla's alarm. Yeah. <laughs> we need one. We do. I, I think we talked about Dilla's last we week. We did. Too. But, um, you know, breaking the boundary of the body. So like mm-hmm. we think of our bodies as these like, you know, uh, solid, non-porous, um, you know, like individual entities, but they're really not. And um it causes like it causes us this moment of horror when something like breaks the body, like a lot of blood, getting a finger chopped off, um, you know, like and even something like crying, you know, like um, because suddenly our body is porous. And um, I think that there's so much in this movie about that. Um, the other thing that's really cool is that like, Chris David talks about how because there's like that moment of breakdown, like in that moment, there's like a huge potential for like revolt, both like huge, like social revolution or political revolution and also just like small individual revolt, like finding yourself changing your changing like the future of yourself. Well, I'm thinking even with like meat, Like, you know, I remember being at, like, in school, in the cafeteria, and the girl sitting in front of me realizing that chicken was, like, meat is muscle. Ew. That's so gross when you think about it. (laughs) And that we have muscles. And, like, making that connection and seeing that light in her face as she realized what it was that she was eating. And it's because we are so, like... Um, alienated from the production of our food yeah. within capitalism that you don't even know that the f- flesh of animals that you eat is the same flesh that you have on your bones. Um, and like what exactly meat is. That's true. Um, Chicken like, are very alienating. It's, they are. They're just a slurry. They're yeah. just a slurry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, because I'm from a rural section of illinois and it's like you know the opening of deer hunting season you kind of got a free pass to not go to school that day uh because (laughs) no one was at school that day because they were all hunting deer in the morning um and so like a lot of people were directly involved in the production of some of their meat because they went hunting you know i went fishing with my dad as a kid squirrel hunting with my dad as a kid i knew where meat came from and what it was um but not everyone gets that experience not everyone knows like you know the the way that we treat the animals that we do eat would be much better if it wasn't all like obfuscated and alienated, you know, like, you know, we wouldn't have that objection if we were more up close and personal with it all the time. Yeah. Or maybe we would, but you know. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, so then to go back to like that moment at the cafeteria, by mm-hmm. the way, they're all covered in blood while they're having this conversation, which is like yeah. wild. Um, Cause they, I guess can't change. I'm not no, sure. Cause they're being hazed. Cause they're being hazed. But so they're covered in blood. They're talking about this conversation. And it's like, so Justine is like, not only alienated. I mean, cause she, you know, as a vegetarian, it's like, like, 
like we said, she didn't make a choice. So she's also alienated from like the yeah. production of her food and has no idea like where things come from. But then completely alienated from her own body, completely alienated from the bodies of other people around her, um, you know, and like needs to have this huge like rupture to move forward. Yeah, like she's um she's so uh it's like she's like piloting a mech that <laughs> is her body at the beginning yeah. of this. Like she doesn't really in her own body, you know, and it's like she um a lot of the little articles that I was reading were talking about how much she fails at being a woman, uh at least traditionally. Mm. Um in that yeah. like she's not you know, all of the other women at this vet school are like, you know, sexy and they go to the party and they're like showing their tits. And, you know, even like when she first, we first see her sister, it's like, she like kisses her and like slaps her ass, um, you know, to just sister things. And um, <laughs> like her, you know, her sister is not ever seen doing anything sexual, the least literally. Um, but it's but still she's like sex a sexual wheels. being. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, whereas Justine is the only like she doesn't she's not a sexy co-ed right and she you know her sister tries to give her a brazilian wax and it's like her pubic pubic hair rebels and like (laughs) like like she she fails at that like you know she can't even get waxed um she can't make herself throw up properly and there's that moment where the girl in the mirror next to her is like it works better if you use that two moment fingers. that is such a good fucking scene that's a and, and the article i read because the subtitles did not provide this there's like a little graffiti between them on like the pillar in the mirror and it's a, a vagina dentata and it says pay your pussy um <laughs> on francais uh which is metal as hell yeah <laughs> i was like yeah uh we should do teeth uh, oh absolutely <laughs> hell yeah we should yeah. do teeth absolutely. Um, but that like that is what is between and like this more like traditional you know she's got these little like pom-pom headbands and is like mm-hmm. wearing white and is like it works better if you use two fingers um it comes up easier um where like she can't even make herself throw up properly right um you know the only person she shows any sexual attraction to in any serious way in the film is a gay man so she can't even like be a woman properly in like who her attraction is geared towards um yeah there's just like so much where like she fails at performing her gender the way that that she is supposed to um in any uh meaningful sense during this and like yeah. the cannibalism kind of only heightens that like it makes her come into herself more like very come of age kind of thing but that's still she's still failing at womanhood Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah let's talk about the waxing scene i love the waxing scene um because i forgot what happened in it i was like thinking like oh god it's gonna rip her skin off and i'm gonna hate it um but no that's the the finger getting cut off because it's so um uh, an article i read talked about how this film delves into both like cannibalism as like transgression and queer trope but also the incest yeah let's talk about that because i'm i don't know how i feel about that jake did Uh, you like read any any like incest into their relationship them as sisters yeah um 
I can't say I did, but I, I didn't really think about that. So I might have to sit with that for a second and see if I, I really think that's what was going on. But um, can't really off the dome tell yeah. you if I saw that. I mean, <laughs> they were like flirty with each other, but I, I'm, I'm not a girl. Like, I don't know how much that you <laughs> do that. We're always, yeah, girls are constantly just every time we get alone, you know, we take our shirts off and, you know. Just have I, I failed being a girl, so I don't know how <laughs> so much money. <laughs> you're like Justine. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, actually. I think it's more <laughs> of like... Vegetarian cannibal, shh. I do think that's like an older sister, younger sister mm-hmm. relationship. Um, actually, you know what? I, I, let's talk about this. I mean, okay. to me, the series of events that seems to be laid out and who the character of her sister is, is... Like her sister went through this process already, right? Yes. Her sister yeah. got sent off to the school that their family sends their their daughters to, and ate the thing, uh, the rabbit liver, which seems to be implied to be a catalyst that <laughs> activates like the bloodthirst, or yeah, because they're they're virgins, they're meat virgins before they go in, they eat it. Um, it set her off somehow she made it through the process and also like later on in the film at one point she takes Justine out and she goes let me show you something and then she runs out in the middle of the road and she makes a car crash and then she starts eating the car vic- the car crash victim and all of a sudden you realize oh that car crash we saw at the beginning of the film was her yeah. and this is a thing that she's figured out how to do Right. And she's also got the calamine lotion that the yeah. nurse prescribed. Right. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. been through all of this and has managed to sublimate it all into the way that she moves through the world. So what she's as an older sibling, what she's doing when she sees her her younger sibling, Justine, come to school is she's like, I'm going to be your guide through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is kind of inherently flirty and like um you know what this is making me think about a lot oddly i just watched i just rewatched fully Cooly, the anime i love fully Cooly. fully Cooly is so good and it's kind of the really similar story because you've got this young boy who's going through adolescence and then you've got this fucking like uh over like he's nervous and then he's got this guide this older woman who's like just you know kind of dragging him through all of it teasing him about it and stuff like that it's from his perspective very scary she's making all these jokes she's flirting with him a lot kissing him and stuff and it's like also like that that shows like he gets critiqued a little bit for going a little bit too far into that stuff but um, you know it's it's very horny but like (laughs) that's what um japan that's what adolescence is like um you know so i don't know if that's if there's necessarily some total like like we're supposed to read this as a one-to-one metaphor for incest or if we're just going into freudian shit and going like it's it's in there you know that's part of the adolescence well because like a lot of the way that they're shot especially during the waxing scene um looks like the sister is about to perform oral sex on her and then like the scissors could be read as a phallus right right? and it's like don't let that near my pussy um and then in revenge the finger gets uh whatever um but what I like, I don't think there's like literal incest. No, in no, the, definitely but not. What I see more in like the play of like the gender politics and the sexual politics of this, because like cannibalism is just for sexuality. Like all of the instances of cannibalism really happen with like serious like sexual um, 
like overtones or moments. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think it's telling that when she does fuck the gay guy, um, that when she comes, it's because she bit into her own arm. Yeah, and um, he doesn't and want like her. All- yeah, yeah, like she keeps trying to bite him, and he's like, "Stop!" And he's doing just like, that. "Oh, you're kinky, all right." Yeah, but he's like, you know, stop doing it, stop doing it, and then she just has to like, she just has to bite into something. Whomst among us? I mean, know. honestly, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I feel like that's a very so. relatable sexual activity for a lot of people. You know, like who? Yeah. Oh, very, very many people have the instinct to bite someone very hard while they're yeah. fucking them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, That's but just... it's like self-discovery because it's self-cannibalism. And it's like the ultimate moment of like, right. you know, if we're going to be patriarchal about this, like she's losing her virginity and she's orgasming maybe for the very first time. We don't know. Um, right. And it happens during a moment that she eats herself. But like what I view is like, they are sort of in this very like Eve Sedgwick, Eve Kozofsky Sedgwick um, kind of triangle that's happening here. (laughs) Um, So like the way that like Eve Sedgwick would like view like a quote love triangle, Mm -hmm. right. Is like, you have like the woman and like the two men who are fighting over the same woman, but really is they're fighting for each other. And they're like um, triangulating their desire for each other through the woman. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's literally called triangulation of desire. Um, and it's like how she frames homoeroticism and everything. Um, and so like anytime you see two men fighting over a woman in like fiction, it's like they're gay. They just want to fuck each other. Each other. <laughs> they just want to fuck each other. And, but, and we get that, but it's with the two sisters and the gay man. And I but find I don't this think dynamic they fuck. fascinating. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, I don't no, no, think they want to like, fuck each other, but I think they have a level of intimacy. Yeah, exactly. Is- yeah, there's like an erotics to it, but mm-hmm. it's not like about fucking. Right, exactly. It's like this. Um, they know this... each other's deep, like taboo. She literally like, licked and ate her finger. Yeah, while, like, I mean that's yeah, like she ate her sister. Yeah. yeah, like what? What more deeper act of love as the father shows us at the end than right. letting someone eat you? Yeah, I mean, you yeah, don't have to that's... fuck if you're eating someone's body parts. Yeah, exactly. I think you'll probably have a pretty good point there in that um, what was really surprising to me about that scene, and that scene, ooh, I, that's probably where people were passing out, right? Yeah, like, I think so. That scene stressed me out, like, with empathy, you know, like, with, like, the un-undoable un- situation that they had just gotten themselves yes. into. Like, oh, that really got me. That's what I was like, all right, all right, this is a movie. This is, this is a real point here. <laughs> Uh, but like what really kind of, um, gave away, I think the point you're making to me is her sister's reaction to the whole thing. Cause you kind of half expect her to wake up and go, Oh my God, you you're eating my finger and I'm never going to get it back. <laughs> and she kind of sheds a single tear, but then like she later on when they're, when their parents have picked them up and took them to the hospital, clearly she's agreed to just, um, might even been her idea to blame it on the dog and stuff. Yeah. Because she knows what her sister is going through and doesn't seem to care that much throughout the rest of the movie that she lost a finger. Like, she's, like, joking about it. No, she thinks it's kind of funny. I think it's, like, a battle scar. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that she almost, like, uh, maybe, you know, on some level she got something out of that experience, too, because she's also a fucking cannibal, you know? Yeah. Also, I just have to point out that when she ate the finger, she ate, like, a chicken wing. She did. I wrote that down. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that down like 
like with exclamation points. <laughs> she eats the finger like a chicken wing. <laughs> oh, you're rotating. And, and like the way she sort of like slowly gets into the finger like she picks it up and looks at it and like drips some blood onto her palm and then licks the palm and she's like am I ready to do this and then she just like gets into it and then eats it like a chicken wing yeah um, and your sister is oddly okay with it because yeah because she's gone through the same weird shit <laughs> yeah um what I was Oh, now I just forgot what I was thinking about. Oh, I know. What I was thinking about is like, this reminds me of some, a lot of horror movies, um, a lot of vampire movies have like sort of the the trope of like the, the like sad vampire and the vampire that's like, fuck yeah, we're awesome. Like we're yeah. monsters. Interview and with we, a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Interview with a vampire, Spike versus Angel. You know, there's like the mournful vampire that's like, I'm dealing with the monstrosity of my life and like what I have to do is eat people and suck their blood. And then you have the vampire that's like, I'm a superhero. You know, and I feel like there is that between the sister between the two sisters, you know, that like the older sister is like, like, check some shit out. Like, look what we can do, you know? And Justine yeah. is like, I am not sure that I, like, this is what I want for myself. Yeah, well, she's clearly she's grappling with it. But then to, to go back to something we talked about earlier, like kind of post all this, that's when she has this swagger. and Yeah, yeah. Posture she didn't have before and stuff. Yeah, she's like blood drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what having gay sex will do to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So let's talk about um, her getting ready for the um, the party. Where she has her Lacan mirror stage where moment. Where she has her mirror stage moment. Because I wrote down, <laughs> wait, somewhere in my notes, I wrote down what the song It's so was. good. Oh, yeah. It's all rules. Let's <laughs> have rules. <laughs> where the fuck did I write it? <laughs> oh no i have it somewhere but basically and she's like licking the mirror yeah it's like about like putting like men with like middling dicks in the grave <laughs> <laughs> and like fucking corpses and like fucking men with strap yeah, on and... yeah and like i feel like rules yeah that song is so perfect and like before then um and you it's know two people rapping like, oh cool things it's not just one person yeah it's like they're right. twins actually i think oh, but like wild. before then the song that she's singing along to is this like song about how she's like a rookie and has to like look up to her elders and has to like fall in line and then later in the film she's looking in the mirror and talking about how she's gonna put a bunch of guys in the grave and fuck him. And fuck him. Yeah. So, like, a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. That probably worked with the original title of the film being Grave. Yeah. Yeah. Grave. Grave. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, and then she goes to this party, and yeah, she's like, she's like, I'll steal your woman. Like, it's amazing. Um, and, is just like drunk as fuck. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like this film isn't 
saying that the cannibalism is bad. What's bad is then like uh, the situations like she's put in because of it or like how she's treated like because like the scene where she gets real drunk and then her sister takes her to the morgue and then you get the video of her being like you know teased like a dog with a corpse uh, with a you know that was like, really upsetting <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I feel like the movie isn't judging her for having a natural reaction it's more like she was put in this awful um situation like we're not i feel like we're not meant to be disgusted by her in that scene but by her sister oh absolutely yeah 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 i mean she has a her sister knows what her natural reaction is going to be to like a dead person's arm being waved in front of her face. Like that's the level of intimacy they have. And her sister like completely betrayed that for like social capital maybe, or just to like be a dick. Uh, I mean, yeah, she also did just get her finger chopped off. (laughs) Yeah, but she didn't care about it. (laughs) I guess I get what I'm getting at there is that her sister is like uh, kind of equating all this stuff morally. All of these things are extreme. She's just a she's a, kind of a nihilist about this, yeah. you know, which is fucked up. But I mean, I, it's a metaphorical body horror movie about adolescence, you know, and puberty. So it's like that. How else are you going to? She's the only person to actually kill anyone in this film directly true she's also true. a killer yeah yeah, her, yeah justine doesn't kill anybody or at least when adrian her gay roommate uh is is dead at the end it's insinuated that it was just alex the sister that killed him but we're not sure if justine ate him right yeah like i think it's possible that they both ate him but justine I, killed him i think yeah. my read of that scene was that uh it was just Alex because you'll notice Alex's mouth is covered in blood and Justine's isn't, which is like she kind of puts yeah. it together herself and goes, well, wait a minute. Like there's this huge gaping wound in this guy's leg. I don't appear to be covered in blood. Like what happened? You know? Yeah. I could That's be such a, a sad scene because I feel like it's also like, you know, her older sister sure like acts as a guide to her, but she's like, you know, the kind of guy that's like, like, I don't give a fuck about you. You have to like follow Again, along. this triangulation thing, like Justine has fucked this guy and Alex hasn't. Yeah. And so she's got to kill him now. I, f- I, it, to me, it's like, yeah, he's, he's not, he's not part of the equation for Alex at all. Like, yeah, it's really about like sort of one upping the violence and mm-hmm. like the domination with Justine. You know, mm-hmm. that, like, just so you know, I'm the alpha of this, like, cannibal relationship. Yeah, there's also kind of a uh, similar thing going on in Bones and All with mm-hmm. that the old guy, Sully, being the, like, the queer elder kind of metaphor, you know? Right. He's mm-hmm. a lot older, but you ran away from home, and, you know, he'll show you how to do everything and, you know, help you start your life, but then later on... It turns out, um, like he's, uh, you know, functionally like a problem and destructive and stuff, and like uh, that might just be like generational kind of like an interesting generational like conversation. The way 
uh, you know, on some level, people who helped pave the way for where we're at now uh, still got to go into the dustbin of history at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Make things better, and some of them have sort of like, uh, what you, like fossilized into the way they are and stuff, and have these mm-hmm. outdated bad habits and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I to me, the, the older sister just yeah she's confusing she's uh but she but she's a good stand-in for you know real stuff that happens when you're oh yeah absolutely yeah like there's that great scene where so alex goes to to prison um (laughs) and there's this great scene that's just out of um ingmar bergman's persona (laughs) where it's them like with like the glass because they're visiting in prison uh, and like the reflection of her face is over Justine's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Right. And like I, I was reading that um, the director, when she saw Alex's actress in a another film, did not realize she was a woman. Hmm. That she's like that androgynous. And I found Justine to be very androgynous too, actually. Um, and then there's like the great scene of them pissing standing up. Oh, I love uh, that scene. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like there's like this thing. It's like they, they're the same. Um, or they're like part of the same, um, but just the way that they go about it, because then eventually the reflection breaks and they become two separate people. Cause it's about Justine breaking free of not just her parents, but her sister too. And like with the, with Adrian, the gay roommate, I was reading cause a lot of people read the fact that they fuck and then he dies as like, straight you know no no that the like a fag hag kind of thing like Mm. straight women um being predatory and consuming um gay men Mm. and i that is not what i think is happening here Mm -mm. and i read a really good article that's like no that is not what is happening here uh what is happening here is attraction uh, across transgression um where it's like there's something about like the otherness and the transgressiveness because like he gets turned on by her because she bit a guy's lip off right and has this and like new it. swagger yeah he's like jesus i want to let's fuck right? yeah yeah um but the sister despite being sort of the more advanced i'll guide you sexually liberated person doesn't have that she doesn't have like the same spiciness that justine does with her cannibalism there's not for some reason it doesn't feel transgressive with her and i don't know why but there's like they've got the attraction across transgression that alex doesn't have maybe it's because uh alex like had to learn to do this car crash thing in secret and stuff like that and uh like you know like with with like queerness i mean like uh, used to be you had to go to a secret you know, bar or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or do all this stuff covertly. There's a lot of like uh, older queer people who will kind of you know comment on that in, in like the stand up world where I come from and stuff like that. Like you know, oh, you don't realize how you, you you kids have got it these days. Like you can you can do all this shit out in the open. You know, maybe that's the the, the generational difference between them and the reason like that's she's doing something new, Justine, in that she's just biting people in class and stuff, which is like used to not be able to get away with, you know, (laughs) last year (laughs) I had to do it all in secret. I couldn't just bite people. Well, I think also like there's something to like one of the things I really enjoyed about a lot of the scenes of like just sort of like everyday feminine body horror like the 
the girl talking to her about bulimia, like right after, you know, Justine vomits up all of this, like this endless <sighs> strand of hair. Oh, so something like truly monstrous is happening to her. That's and what then I was almost throwing She out. comes out and like this girl's just like, oh, it's just everyday body horror, like bulimia that we all have. Or like, you know, then Alex waxing her and like, I mean, as is someone who is, yeah, and like, <laughs> I mean, that's such a cliche things to say, but like it feels like Alex has bought into almost like a more normative um, role, even though she looks androgynous and kind of has that like sex on wheels sort of like I can be standing up. Yeah, like (laughs) like weirdly, she's more normative than Justine because Justine Mm -hmm. is just like a weird little freak. yeah and like she wants something kind of different you know like um i think she doesn't buy that like beauty and pain are inextricable and like if they are maybe there's something like power empowering in it rather than like um you know just sort of like the gender role that you have to fall into where you just accept the pain Right, like she's failing at being a woman, and that's a good thing. Right, like one of the, this is really silly, but like one of the reasons, like I used to never, um, like get waxed, and like I've gotten it done a few times, and instead of like focusing on the beauty is pain thing, I'm like, oh, I am a masochist, so like it's just about that kind of pain, and like so it's like subverting it into something else. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's like, oh, yeah, I totally went all all pervert mode about my HRT. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, are there ways to like make sort of like normative activities transgressive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like especially you put in the notes, like what's more abject like these like forced tortures of patriarchal femininity or cannibalism or cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what's, yeah. what's grosser? Like the fact that like she just vomited up an endless strand of hair or that a very cheerful young woman walked up to her and offered her bulimia tips. Oh, like, bul- that is interesting. Yeah. You know, like they're both pretty horrible. But, like, one of them is, like, making a conscious choice to, like, descend into monster. And then the other one is, like, well, this is the monstrous stuff that we just do every day. Yeah, like, what's the the purpose of the monstrosity? Who right. who are you being a monster for? Yeah, I mean, the difference between those two things is, like, just the normativity or, you mm-hmm. know, the hegemony of, like, traditional culture, right? I mean, it kind of reminds me of, like, like what you were saying earlier about abject, like, mm-hmm. abjectivity. If I'm yeah. following your definition correctly, it might not yeah. be just to kind of go off on a limb here. Like, totally. It's kind of making me think about, like, uh, trad people being all freaked out about queer stuff right now and how it it fries their, um, you know, the, the, the ideas that they have about, like, subjectivity and objectivity. Mm-hmm. And the, you know... Th- it results in this odd thing where somebody living in a house with their stupid family and kids doing things the normal way is really has an incredible amount of anxiety about somebody else a million miles away. Living <laughs> differently. And you think, yeah, 
you know, the, the fact that someone else is doing something different doesn't undo everything you're doing, right? That's what's so odd about this. But I think the abjectivity thing you're describing is why, because they're like, well, you, to raise these questions c- calls into question uh, all of the assumptions that I made that got me here. It, I need these things to be like um, infallible or whatever. Yeah. And like with uh, the differences in this film between, um, I mean, okay, like also, sorry to keep vamping on that moment. No, like, no. With like something I find myself as a comedian yelling at right wing people all the time because that's what I do on the internet is like, <laughs> um, you know, they they sort of talk about uh, how how supposedly unnatural things like uh, you know gender affirming surgery and and. Uh, hormones and stuff like that are and all this stuff that we're seeing you know uh, scrutinized very heavily with people um asserting their gender right and then the answer to that is you go you have hair plugs yeah fucking you're on hgh like you're you're doing the same thing right yeah Uh, to put all this through the lens of horror yeah it's really interesting i mean if you want to look at things that deviate you know in a horrific manner sure but what about all the normal things? What about things that are part of normal traditional society that are like that are body horror? You know, I'm circumcised. They rip part of my dick off when I was born. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, you shouldn't have to deal with that. Yeah, we yeah, just think it's normal. I told you, Jake, I sent you a picture of this, but like my partner's mom kept his little circumcision (laughs) ring as some sort of weird trophy you know like that's body horror that's one of the grossest things i've ever seen and she is a incredibly traditional evangelical woman oh so not even like jewish where there's like a reason you're doing it no (laughs) no there was no there's no religious reason why evangelicals do it but it's you know just cultural cleanliness whatever but the yeah, obsession with cleanliness yeah it was in a little envelope this little plastic ring that oh, had his so his like yeah just ugh. like what's more monstrous than that and keeping it <laughs> or to contrast that when i um was growing up so my dad is a country musician um and ha- uh, has long hair and like has always had long hair yeah. my whole life. He had like a whole like diamond Rio classy nice, mullet nice. thing going on. Nice. You know, like he got out of the military and he grew that shit out. Like, um, and I remember at one time he got like a real person job at like an internet company and they made him cut his hair, and I cried because it's like my Aww. my dad's cutting his pretty hair and like I loved my dad's hair and I loved like holding on to it and yeah. you know because uh, I was a, a kid right and when he cut his when he had to get his hair cut I asked I'm like can you keep can I have the ponytail like can you get your hair cut where they cut the ponytail off and then can I have that and keep it forever <laughs> because I was like that's you know like that that's my like weird like keeping someone's body thing because yeah, they made yeah, my yeah. dad go trad <laughs> <laughs> i and mean so a it's lot like because of... people are like you transitioned and you used to have a buzz cut and now you have long hair as a guy why'd you do that and i was like i never thought men having long hair was weird because my dad had long yeah. hair <laughs> and so i've always just like been like yeah having long hair is cool and fine and chill and there's nothing gendered about that yeah. i often for a lot of my life had shorter hair than my dad um even when i was living as a lady person right well and also it's wild to be like like how rigid do gender roles have to be for someone to be like 
wait a minute, you're a man now. Why do you have long hair? <laughs> you should be wearing a suit every day. Like, exactly. absolutely bananas. Yeah. Yeah, like the first time I watched this movie, I was a uh, lesbian um, and had watched it because I was like, oh, this cool, weird, fucked up French horror movie. And mm-hmm. there's like weird gay shit in it and i thought there'd be <laughs> lesbian shit in it because like lesbian horror was having a moment yeah right there's always lesbian horror stuff right um because it's hot you know, yeah let's, let's be real here um <laughs> and then i watch it now and i'm a gay man uh you know i just flipped i can't be straight um <laughs> and that's what my gender therapist said um and it was just like was so different watching it under those lenses yeah of like what i was relating to and picking up on and and why uh, just because the way that Justine fails at being a woman can be read through like a queer woman lens, but also through like a trans masculine lens. Yeah. And I like to see that as both at the same time. And also Adrian as also feminized. Cause it's like, I asked for a girl. Well, you got a fag, same difference. They view them as the same, right? That's the best line. In the whole I love that. <laughs> it's so good. I love Adrian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he deserves everything. R.I.P. Adrian. R.I.P. Yeah. Adrian. R.I.P. to a real one. Um, um like the, 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 the gender dynamics between those two characters are so complicated. And I just see people talking about like, they don't, they're like, yeah, she's not good at being a woman anyway. And I'm like, no, keep going with that. Let's yeah. talk about all the ways that gender fails and breaks down in this, in this film. And why is cannibalism the metaphor we're going with to, to tell that breakdown of gender of the body yeah. and how it interacts with other bodies. So right? speaking of that, there's, um, there's another, so like the, the woman who wrote the book um, about like feminist new wave cinema also wrote the um, the monstrous feminine the monstrous feminine mm-hmm. um, Barbara Creed. Um, so she she's also like does like uh, psychoanalytics um, contemporarily, and um, her theory about horror is that. Um, the prototype of all definitions of monstrous is based on our, like both the female reproductive body and our fear of it. And she breaks it down into seven different like faces. There's Pink Floyd, the wall. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the archaic mother, the monstrous womb, the vampire, the witch, the possessed body, the monstrous mother and the castrator. Mm-hmm. So her take on like castration and Freud is that um, people are terrified of women not because they're castrated, but because they have the potential to castrate. <laughs> Which Justine does maybe castrate her sister in this with the the fingy getting the, cut her, off her fingy in in yeah. relation to her genitals, right? Yeah. What do you think about that? Like, um. <laughs> Just like the monstrous in horror being somehow related to like fear of the, of like, I guess both the female reproductive body, the failure of the female reproductive body. Um, and like, I, not in a gen, not in like a rigid gendered way at all. Right. I'm cooking in my head. Yeah, so yeah. Jake, if you had something. Let him to- cook. <laughs> I'm, let me cook. Let him cook. <laughs> Hold up. Um, whew. 
man. <laughs> yeah. I also, I'm cooking. I wish I had a take on that uh, to throw off the dome. But yeah, um, I mean, it's a, a big one. And like, I'm sure you can think of things that like don't fit in that. But I mean, she talks about like in her original book, she talks about like um, Carrie and the Exorcist and Halloween um and in the new book she talks about lots of like french extremity movies and then like the witch um i love the vivitch the vivitch about you know just Mm -hmm. like the you know that whole movie i mean obviously that's one of the faces the witch you know the whole movie is about this like um how terrifying it is for this woman to be or this girl to be like growing into a woman and like how that needs to be protected. And I feel like it applies to this movie too. Yeah. I guess I would, I would say yes. And sure. To this analysis. And also, and I know this sounds ironic coming from a a person whose librarian training is in taxonomy, um, but the (laughs) urge to to taxonomize Mm -hmm. um, to break this down into categories, I would say is an example of what she's talking about. Ah, Um, I'm going to read her a little bit. Yeah, please uh, do. Because what she's talking about is not necessarily fear of the feminine reproductive body or, or whatever, but it's the anxiety we get within a capitalist or not all of this happened within a capitalist system because, you know, we have all these stories pre pre capitalism. Right. right? Um, But like, even just reading like, you know, like Caliban and the witch, Um, but this more patriarchal um, uh, plus class um, and like the role that the family and reproduction plays within power yeah. and how delicate that is. And so there's a lot of anxiety, like, like Jake was saying about all the trads uh, <laughs> who get scared because I stab myself with a needle every week. Right. Um, because I show how malleable the flesh is. Um, and also even to the trad gaze, like how malleable sexuality is and what that even means like what does it mean to be a gay man uh if i didn't quote used to be that way mm, right like why mm-hmm. did i think i was this way if i wasn't always thinking I right. was that way, right um there's a lot of anxiety around um the stability that we see in the family not just as the family but you know as this unit of productivity right and I feel like a lot of our anxieties get placed onto women as viewed as like the, the reproductive bodies within that. Um, if, if that's making sense. So I don't understand the urge to taxonomize beyond just being film criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, no, that makes getting sense. a book out of it. I mean, um, that's her, but yeah, like yeah. that's what she is. <laughs> Like, it, I'm, sure, I'm sure she's not wrong. Yeah. Um, no, but but I, would, I, I would just want to complicate it a little more. And I think that's true. Like, we shouldn't think about, um, like, one system of, you know, like, patriarchy without also thinking about capitalism and, like, uh, like you said, like, how the family unit plays into... It's like, okay, we're afraid of women. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's not just because, like, oh, they, like, smell They'd be weird. shopping. 
yeah, or they be <laughs> shopping or whatever. Like we drink too much Eat wine. Hot chip and lime. But it's lots of other yeah, there's all sorts of things that like that fear comes out of. And like I think what's what she talks about that's like more interesting is just that like the monstrous feminine um we used to read I think women in horror were they were often like the victim, you know? Yeah. Um, whether they were a monster or not, like they were victimized in some way and like they were used as sort of like um if there was like a monster Just that's no girl read boss. As, as feminine. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Yes, like a girl boss. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> um but if there's a monster that's read as feminine, like the goal would be that the like heroic man would kill that monster, you mm-hmm. know? But like, I think what she's reading it as like the, the, the monstrous feminine has the ability to be sort of read as the hero and have their own journey. And that, that opens up a lot of space for, um, like new possibilities for bodies and like society and like utopian thought and that sort of thing. I think it's I can like, kind of, uh, I, I can kind of follow what you're saying and it yeah. relates to something I was thinking about a lot in terms of just like storytelling. This mm-hmm. movie, like the, the reason I, I think the reason I like the reveal at the ending so much is because you go back and you rethink the entire movie yeah. knowing what you know, which is that, uh, mom was a cannibal and met dad and then they have these two daughters who fucking are apparently cannibal kids or whatever but like <laughs> cannibal um, kids <laughs> uh, I was thinking about like you know this in terms of like oh we're sending our kid off to school and there's all this hazing and stuff being the terrain to which we're going to tell this little metaphorical story about puberty and, and also uh, you know women as like property like the anxiety that parents have over their daughters which mm-hmm. relate plays into that the father going, oh, don't ever have daughters you know <laughs> am i right yeah, um, girls the funny thing about that is at the beginning of the movie when you get that coming out of this father character you just laugh because you go oh ha 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 like he's anxious about them fucking right. yeah, yeah it's college we're just like fall. getting out of line all the time yeah yeah and it's it's probably scary to have kids and then ha- you know they're your little kid and then at some point there's this thing that's like a ritual where you like let them go into the world yeah um you know it's gotta be nerve-wracking i'm sure because at some point you just have to transition from childhood to i'm a person and i have my own home and all this stuff and do all my own stuff but the funny thing in retrospect knowing about the cannibalism is that this fucking guy knew that like he's like <laughs> why, like he, at one point he remarks he goes like we could have studied politics or something but like for them to be going to veterinary school which is like body horror central you know what I mean <laughs> like he's like then the thing that activates the cannibalism is flesh and meat and you know it's like it's a powder keg of a situation so it's very it funny <laughs> in retrospect you know yeah and that like the family unit you know there's all this because you know because all the women in the family are cannibals it's like there's all this sort of stuff about legacy and like destiny and fate and all this shit and like the family is supposed to protect her but like in the end of it like they didn't warn her 
they didn't prepare her like her her dad must have seen kind of like the start of it and especially with alex like you know that this is kind of like where it started for them so this is going to be where it starts for their kids and like the family did nothing to like prepare either of their daughters for like what was going to happen to them yeah but you know i mean maybe that's maybe that's deliberate because isn't that kind of how it happens in real life too? yeah yeah parents that just like to imagine that their kids aren't ever gonna fuck you know and grow yeah yeah maybe that's like part of the joke or something Uh, well because the reveal of the cannibalism with the parents is so intimate and linked to the sexuality of the parents right because it was like their first kiss and she bit his lip and like where she bites is like his chest which is like means that he's like had his like shirt off and it's like it it's like the parents fucking it's that moment that Freud talks about where the kid walks in on the parents fucking for the first time. Right. And he's like, Oh no, that's where I come from. Like whatever that moment is. I forget what it's called. Um, but that's like a Freudian thing as well. And so it's like, you know, to talk about their cannibalism is also to explicitly bring up sexuality as well. Yeah. Um, true. And, you know, cause it's so like, it's so intimate when he and vulnerable for him to like, show that because it's like he's the man but he's the one with like chunks bitten out of his flesh because this woman that he loves very much has been devouring him for years and years and years since the most romantic thing that's ever happened in cinema um <laughs> and thank god that, thank god and one on one side that they went to vet school because they can probably like dress his wounds yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's like the sight of like both uh the horror and also the solution you know Mm -hmm. um and it's so wild that he's yeah i mean he says to her like you have to find your own solution like alex's solution wasn't sustainable because she went to jail so like your solution is gonna have to be some other thing yeah that's also like i I would say another point for not a horror film because it starts off maybe like a horror film because he's like you know there's all this anxiety about like what's going to happen in this situation and uh this this person appears to be turning into a monster but then it becomes a story where the monster is the protagonist of the film and the journey is like uh growing up and then the end they have a, a you know kind of an adorable conversation with the parents, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can say too, like, you know, at the end of the movie, like when she has her like last moment with her sister, it was sort of her sister, like recognizing her as a human too, like, you know, not just seeing her as like the competition or like just the dumb younger sister. It was like, okay, we kind of hit like a stalemate, you know, like you chopped off my finger I I ate your your face and your boyfriend and like they had that moment of like game recognized game (laughs) when they were biting each other and it was like fully that thing where they're like we are both biting each other in exactly the same place at like with the same intensity and like no one's gonna win herself when she yeah sex yeah orgasm it's like the same area on the yeah so it was like sort of a moment like a sweet moment with her sister even though her sister's in jail. But it was like, you know, this like kind of resolution with her sister and then like a resolution with her parents or at least her dad that like, 
okay, I'm finally going to have this like intimate conversation with you and share things with you because you're like, maybe because she is kind of an adult now, like she has um, learned about herself, you know, before she didn't know anything about herself. Yeah. It's the wonder years. That's what this. Yes. That's the sequel. (laughs) It's the same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. DeCorna said uh, in like an interview that she, she really wanted to write a movie about cannibal as like, like I, I'm the cannibal, like the, the protagonist is someone that you can kind of like relate to rather than like a lot of kind of earlier, like, um, like exploitation cannibal movies that are very much about like the other, mm-hmm. you know, like people, we, we are the other. Yeah. Like people you couldn't possibly understand because they're like, you know, quote unquote primitive tribes in like you know the Amazon that we don't know anything about like this is just like a regular French chick you know so but, like you know fucking French people they're you know they are I pretty know if I can empathize with French people <laughs> <laughs> the father in this movie is so French he's smoking it he's everything. so French <laughs> the doctor who is smoking the nurse who tells who tells uh justine that weird story about like the very fat girl and is smoking while she talks to her about it like those are the most french scenes yeah how she's the only nurse who like didn't care about her weight yeah at all and was actually able to like draw blood or give her a shot or something um yeah again like bringing up like issues of um, the femininity and how women are supposed to be and in, in their bodies. Yeah. Um, there's this dyke little nurse who smokes in the hospital. <laughs> it is amazing. All the smoking in hospitals. It's so French. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing they got us beat on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to be a proper country. Yeah. <laughs> we used to be able to smoke. When I went to, I went to Brazil, um, my junior year of college and you could smoke in movie theaters incredible cool (laughs) (laughs) Cool. (laughs) um i feel like the only other thing that i wanted to bring up that like we haven't talked about was the um those two kind of like dreamy sequences of there's like the horse running um and then there's the other one that's like the dog on the table that looks like a beautiful painting like it's um you know it's like shot so that it's like perfectly in the center of this room um i don't know if it's very dutch renaissance it is very peter greenaway yeah 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 i don't know if you had any thoughts about like the those or maybe also like the um scenes where they're like working on animals those were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw the horse being shot full of ketamine yep. and then, like hung upside down with the tube coming out of its mouth, I got, I was like, I want that. I got a little <laughs> horse. <laughs> Shoot me full of ketamine. And, and just hang me upside down. <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> You're like taking pictures of it. Like yeah. <laughs> a screenshot me next weekend. <laughs> Plug in my fat machine. <laughs> but you gotta say it french ketamine <laughs> yeah ketamine <laughs> um i was thinking about yeah when that happened i was like that's right like 
vets are like notorious drug abusers. <laughs> That's how we got ketamine, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, like, you know, it's I guess like there's the veterinary school and then there's like the med school next door and they're all just like partying constantly, like with a variety of drugs, just staying up all night. Yeah. Like our future doctors and vets. <laughs> yeah. I guess I would say with um the horse running mm-hmm. scene, it's so beautiful. It's really beautiful. Um, is that like it's you know, in cinema and, and art and stuff like the the image of like a horse galloping mm-hmm. at full speed that is like the ultimate signifier of being free yeah 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 being able to r- gallop free you know like a thoroughbred right like unrestrained no one's riding you like you you can do whatever but this horse is galloping but is like on a treadmill mm-hmm. it can only run on this treadmill and it's like got like a jacket on and all sorts of like rope and stuff keeping it kind of center and so it's it's kind of like justine where justine is finally like kind of being let loose mm-hmm. and stuff but still has all these like restrictions and stuff on her like she's just like this like wild animal that needs to be able to like run free and is in an environment that is um not conducive uh to that even though the hazing is under the guise of growing up it's supposed to be it's framed as the thing that's supposed to set you free because you go through the the rigor then you become an elder right like that's you know whatever but it's in this environment that that is the thing that's restricting her yeah it's like fascistic rather yeah. than like liberatory yeah you know cuz it's like super hierarchical and like you have to show respect for your yeah. elders and like in the same way that like her sister demands that she like show mm-hmm. respect to her and she's like, I'm going through my own shit. Like, I, I'm also turning into a cannibal. And like, sure, you did a year ago, but like, I'm my own person, and like, I can go about this in my own way. And then I guess with the dog, it's that like, in quote unquote, the West TM. I I know that that's not technically the term you're supposed to use anymore, but I don't know what the correct one is. Um, but the global north, the global north, <laughs> the people who did the colonizing that aren't Japan, um, you know, that it's uh, we view dogs as no, almost not as animals, right? Yeah, it's, it's like when we talked about with uh, Motel Hell, they freaked out about, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah eating a dog but eating other animals is fine mm-hmm. and so it's like similar to the conversation that that is abject to seeing a dead dog but seeing a dead other animal yeah that it's fine eat or that you don't yeah. need a pet doesn't isn't abject anymore but seeing a dead dog is abject because that's in the home that's domestic we name animals we view them as people picky. almost yeah or quickie i think or was. quickie i kept thinking his name was picky which is really weird um, quickie really weird name for a pet because You're right. it is it, it implies that they're not going to be around for a long time <laughs> well it's also what you call it when you have sex really fast <laughs> like lunch break or something dog. Uh, there's a shot with uh, <laughs> right after they like just sort of announce that they put quickie down yeah uh there's just like a shot really shortly after that of 
uh, Justine cutting into a dog. Yes. In one of her labs. And then and then later on, when we meet the parents, you know, they just have another dog. And yeah, like, oh, that uh, looks very much like Quickie. Yeah. <laughs> all of that. Um, I don't know. I, it seems to me. To- How'd they have a dog at college? I don't understand that part. <laughs> Sorry. Right. That's a really good point. What was yeah. it in the courtroom? <laughs> Sorry I interrupted you. Um, but I think like of of blurring the uh, the the line, you know, of of taking things from one part of the uh the abject to the other, uh, mm. the external to the internal or whatever. That that seemed to be helping with like raising this question about the, you know, the our are we supposed to be really freaked out that they put this dog down? Well, she, I mean, there if the dog is also a thing that they're cutting into, you know, it right. kind of suggests that it's the same dog. It's probably not, but you think about it for a second when you see her and it, um, I don't know. To me, it just seemed to like play up the idea that it like, it's, it's all flesh, you know? Um, yeah, it's all equated in some broad way, which is part of the story. Yeah, I mean, the dog that she cuts into does, like, it's very intentionally, like, all those dogs look like her dog. And it's, it, I've, I did have a second where I was like, how the fuck did they get her dog? <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Like, that seems like a some sort of, uh, part of the hazing. doctor, patient. God. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, could you admit? That's horrible. Um, I mean, those kids are freaks. They do it, too. They would. They would. <laughs> Fucking French people, man. <laughs> French vets. We're going to be racist against the French. Yeah, whatever. On this podcast. Um, any any other thoughts? The music was really cool. I like the organs. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, more harpsichord in scores. Yeah. And it was like electronic too. It was like some Windy Carlos shit going. Yeah, it was very I was like, like yeah, switched on Bach. Dis- it was disco. When they really cranked it up during those high stress scenes, it really worked. Yeah. Yeah, and then that cool ass rap song. Yeah, Decorno is also really good at a um, like a sort of like trailing party scene. Yeah, with like good like there's one in uh. To ten. to 10 with the to sexy fireman. It's also yes. like really good. Oh, this um, t- yes, it is very good. Yeah, that. right. That movie was made for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about that movie. It's not like very, it's not like a, a cannibal movie, but, but it's a family a abolition movie, I think. Totally. It's but, a weird daddy movie. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Yeah, any other. Closing thoughts. I love. Do we it. think this is an anti-vegetarian film? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Because <laughs> there are lots of horror movies that are like, I made this because I have vegetarian friends and they suck. So, so <laughs> I think, I think it's not anti-vegetarian, but I think it's anti-like, um, just you know, following your familial pattern movie and like because her her family was like strict vegetarians and like she never got a choice i feel like it's about her like making like a conscious choice agreed i don't know horror vanguard thinks it's a pro-vegetarian movie oh that's right it's been a while since i've listened to that episode yeah um what do you think jake (laughs) i don't know because like the there's a fake out with the, like why they're vegetarians yeah and, uh to me when you realize like they don't actually care about that at all that uh 
it makes the question kind of irrelevant. Um, I don't really think the metaphors in the movie are really about anything, you know, that related to the politics of like consuming ethically and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Um, and I'm a person who watches movies and forces those lenses onto them when they're not there sometimes or whatever. But, <laughs> like I didn't really with this movie yeah. think about it that hard. I thought vegetarian thing as a metaphor, like it's like their virginity, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like a one bite of meat was enough to send them into this like cannibalistic, lustful yeah, yeah, yeah. debauchery. Like meat is so seductive. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like a communion. Like a yeah. like a sin like a Satan communion. Yeah, or like biting <laughs> the apple, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what the Satan communion is. It's <laughs> like taking a bite of an apple. Yeah, it's like one one bite of like a delicious thing turns you into this like um lustful blood freak and more power to you yeah <laughs> yeah and the parents didn't seem to be like you know it's not like they were like and that's why you shouldn't eat meat like less no. they were like it was more like yeah we 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 eat meat too sometimes it's me you know <laughs> <laughs> Um, hot <laughs> hot that's the only kind of cannibalism i want baby yeah <laughs> what a what a um like seriously me and who get my what DMs. a hero yeah <laughs> the dad yeah 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 he was cool yeah <laughs> i respect that right he's like i love this lady and she's a cannibal we made it work <laughs> The fact that he was like, "Oh yeah," and then 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 we had our our first kiss, and I understood everything. Yeah, and that's the thing that's like that's when you realize that he was into her, right? <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, that's hot. Good for him." <laughs> um, Arthur, you want to come say hi? You know what? Yeah. One thing I want to touch. Yeah, on get out of here is what I thought was really interesting about um, the reveal and the story of what they, um, you know, their condition being genetic was interesting because there are, are so many questions and unending arguments in the worlds of like psychology and queer theory, gender, all sorts of things, sexuality, uh, you know, that no, one, it's complicated. Like no one can mm -hmm. pin down, uh, you know, the implications of what, what happens if we decide things are innate and genetic like that, or if they are, um, you know, choices and stuff like that. And um, I guess I, for whatever reason, I, I, I empathize with the idea that uh, certain things are without the realm of control of individual persons, no matter what we're talking about, uh, you know, with gender, with like, I don't know, I saw people arguing about just like fetishes the other day on Twitter and whether that's, there's research into that, that suggests, you know, maybe that's just something you're born with or whatever. Um, I, you know, and I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's really interesting and there's no definitive answer. At least I don't have one, but mm -mm. Um, the, this idea of a story that was sympathetic to like a family all understanding each other this way was kind of nice you know yeah like that was something I, I picked up on too this is a very born this way movie <laughs> yeah you know this is cannibal pride movie cannibal, um, pride. cannibal pride but um often the born this way narrative is um out of pity um 
where if they were choosing this, then we could oppress them right. and yeah, yeah, be yeah, sinful yeah. bad, but they just can't help it. Mm. Um, and so then we, we might pity them a bit, uh, but you know, they can't help it because who would choose to be this way? Right. 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 That's where it gets like kind of hinky. Yeah. That's that when it gets flashy. Yeah. Um, it's flashy both ways though, because exactly. Flashy, and in this film, I appreciate it, it didn't go the, Oh, you just can't like, it doesn't feel like it's coming out of pity. It feels hopeful. It's like, okay, you figure this out. Cause there's, it doesn't really, I feel like it does. It's not doing a, you were born this way and you have always been this way. Yeah. It's like, this is something you have figured out about yourself and now you have to figure out what to do with that because it's like I reject the binary that it's either born this way or it's a sociocultural thing. Um, like I, I'm not interested in an either or. No, there um, because it's like obviously people have preferences and whatnot, and we don't know what shapes those. And sometimes it is a something you were quote born with, but then how that erupts in a society, uh, like it's our desires are shaped. Like it's a both kind of thing. And so with this film, I felt like it wasn't a like, Oh, woe is me. I'm a cannibal. What (laughs) am I going to do? It was look, your mother is, is this way. And we have this beautiful, loving, relationship where I think it's hot that she bit my lip off yeah. and I let her eat my, my chest for the past 20 years plus. Um, and you'll have to find your own solution to like, I found that to be very hopeful and not coming out of pity. Um, like so many other born this way narratives can do like, it actually does seem prideful about this instead of a, I can't help it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree, especially with the the you'll find a solution, you know, little sweet message coming from the parent and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, this discourse is easy to just get bogged down into, but there's also all equating nature of the everything that's happening in the movie. Like we were talking about earlier with like her seeing, you know, animals and people kind of on the same level that kind that in a way kind of uh, destroys like the binary argument there if you go you know you want to look at this as like a horrible story about somebody who was born a certain way well everyone inside of the abjectivity also is born like horrible like what i was talking about mm-hmm. with the, you know the the uh everything in heteronormativity and uh, i was circumcised and all that stuff or whatever it's everything is everything's horror you know everything's body horror everything's flesh so uh that like if you look at it that way, I think you get out of the pity thing of like, oh, mm-hmm. you're you're you know you're a, a mar- disabled person or marginalized in some way, yeah. the way you are. You know, you're just we're di- divergent, you know, or, or we're like um a bunch of what's the word for like we're a bunch of different types of thing. I don't know. I, I'm not. We're all sick for little freaks. Yeah, that's yeah, the, we yeah. are in our that's own little way, and like, yeah, like everyone is. Like every human is abject. Like we all have like various body fluids coming out of us at all times. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> gross. And like you could either pretend that that's not happening or you can, you know, like find something interesting or something like hopeful or utopian about that, I think. Yeah. Well, who's hungry? <laughs> Me, I'm starving. <laughs> I'm gonna eat a. I'm gonna eat eighty chicken wings. <laughs> I'm gonna go be a good vegetarian. Wink. <laughs>
Who wants to come be the the person I not be a vegetarian on? Oh boy! <laughs> I'm gonna eat a butterfinger candy bar. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! I'm I, yeah, J, Jay. You're like I'm vegetarian except for guys' chests. <laughs> the actually get my DMs. Let's talk. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Well, I think I think that's it. on that note. <laughs> Jake, do you want to do plugs again, or? Um... Oh, sure. At Feral yeah. on everything, F E R A L J O K E S. It's an anagram for my name, and Pod Damn America is my podcast. Why you mad? Is my other one. Um, yeah, and I'm a comedian, and sometimes I'm in your city. That's it. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! We don't have anything to plug yet. <laughs> we'll Not put yet. this. You know what? We'll um, fix it in post. Yeah, <laughs> I, and by which means I'll fix it in post because yes. I have I'm the captain. Yeah, the ship. Thank you, Captain. Because I learned how to edit in a weekend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's done. Au revoir, to be French about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Ugh.